Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, September, I almost said March, that's not even close. March, March, <laughs> September 29th. And I'm your host, my name is Chris, and I'm joined by my brother Daniel. Yes, it's not March, it's September. Uh, welcome everyone to the podcast. So I hope you guys are joining us for a, a lovely, lovely episode today. Yeah, uh, you know what I was thinking March? Why? Because I was thinking about October. Okay. <laughs> And uh, October is originally when the Batman was supposed to come out, but now it's pushed to March. Oh, really? Oh, the Batman. I did. Okay. If it ever comes out, I mean, maybe that's how DC has us is they're just promising a Batman movie. (laughs) You're going to have to watch these other movies to stay on track. Like 50% of the time, there's a good chance I'm just thinking about Batman. So the movie or just him? Just in general. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I. It's March is still kind of far away. Yeah, I think so. Um, it looks good though, right? Like what we've seen so far. I mean, there was a little uh, peak of him on Instagram already, and like the like the production stuff, a little shot of him. But it, I think it was not much that we haven't seen already. And we know um, Fandom is coming again next month, and we will see. I'm guessing a second trailer in that event. Okay, I I believe it. Um, I feel like was his name Matt Reeves. He uh, yeah, he kind of shut Fandom down last time. He was talking it up in that virtual stage he was on. Do you think um, virtual events like this is now the norm? Like, do you think Comic-Con and stuff will be as big when they return in physical form? Oh, um maybe i think they will i think they will because people just like hanging out you know being around other comic book lovers and cosplaying and buying stuff obviously there's like a That's there's true. a lot of money there so i think it's going to come back uh but the announcements right is what you're asking about maybe it's not that big of a deal anymore and they'll just drop a trailer you know and try to do spider-man no way home numbers yeah man i th- I bet you Batman will break that record. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Marvel fanboys are pretty on board, you know. Batman is awesome, but I just yeah. feel like Marvel fanboys, they just, they love their stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's like I guess everybody that's knows. true. Like, because that was the first time we saw footage of that third Spider-Man movie, and this will be the second trailer for the Batman, so maybe not as much. But I watched that first Batman trailer more than I watched the No Way Home trailer. Oh, really? Uh, I, think I, I think I watched the the, the spider-man one more just because we have to argue about it on uh, on this podcast i don't know like every, I, i'll watch that batman trailer again like every couple weeks because just to hype yourself up really good i just want to see that part where he's like a vengeance like that part is still so okay cool. weird that, that's, that's your kink that's weird <laughs> sure. i put on i put on clown makeup and then i watch that scene over and over <laughs> Oh man. Uh, yeah, but I guess we'll talk about it more in the news. But do you want to explain how the show works? Here at Reader Copy Podcast, we break it up into three bits. First up, we'll talk about the comic book news that came in this week, and we've been gone. We did we skipped last week, so we got we got some good stuff for you this week around. And then we'll talk about a cool comic book in the middle. This time around, we're talking about an image comic called Shutter. And then at the end, we'll talk about our uh, side stories where we just talk about been watching, reading since the last time we recorded. Yeah, we got some old news here, so let's. Let's get into it. 
I don't like how people who only watch the movies as far as Marvel, All right. they kind of bag on Clint Barton and Hawkeye and they think he's lame, which the character is not lame. In fact, he's one of the cooler Marvel characters there is. Right. Coming from the comics, he's the most, like one of the most charismatic ones. Uh, maybe as a Hawkeye fan, have you ever seen that on screen though? Um, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> right. So maybe they ha- they have a point. <laughs> Uh, well, he's going to get his own show, and the trailer dropped while we were away. Uh, what did you think of this like first footage we see of the Hawkeye series? I loved it. I, like, I can't wait. I think this might be the best Disney Plus little uh, series. You know, maybe not the most impactful, but maybe the funnest. I really enjoyed it with the, the feel of the, the trailer. How about you? Me too. It, it looked really fun. It definitely is taking a lot from the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye that we did an episode on but folds in his kind of consequences of what he did during in between Infinity War and Endgame when he was like roaming in around in Japan killing a bunch of uh, bad guys like that is now coming back to haunt him and I, I like that yeah uh, this of course is going to introduce an awesome character Kate Bishop uh, here as Haley Steinfeld and I feel like she fits the role already like when I, when they announced her that, that just made sense and I think she's going to do a good job in this there seems to be some chemistry at least between um, uh, her and Renner as far as like a, a mentor mentee type of relationship you know yeah I was wondering how they're going to merge the two kinds of Clint Barton because in the comics he's not like a family guy dad with kids he lives alone in the city but in the movies you know he has a family and how are they going to like fit that character in two different kind of worlds but seems like he's with his kids at first and he has to like send them away because he has to like take care of something so I guess that kind of like puts him away but I'm sure the kids will get involved again later like maybe they'll get kidnapped or whatever and used to try to like I don't know blackmail Clint barn or something like i feel like that could be an aspect of the show but definitely it's focused on the relationship between him and kate bishop right uh it's like it's okay honey after i was a ruthless killer in the past i got to take care of that (laughs) and sends them on the merry way i actually like the way they introduced kate bishop in this series you know with her taking up the ronin costume at least the mantle and doing botching the job i thought oh that's smart that's a good way to have them kind of pair up because in the comics there's like a it's a weird there's the age gap and there's like a weird will they won't they but this is more just another reason to have them together so I, I like what they did here with the show where did she get that costume you think she made that bought that at the spirit store like it's <laughs> a pretty accurate costume of a hero that's job is to like not be seen <laughs> maybe she just like got it out of the dumpster because it's Christmas time so that means Halloween passed a couple of months ago people are throwing away the costumes by now she just picked it up it's like okay I'll uh, she maybe she was trick or treating in that earlier. A <laughs> um, couple of elements that they did take from the Matt Fraction that I could see. Yeah, uh, there's like the the tracksuit thug guys, like they're in the, the, the trailer. Um, the dog, like they, he has a dog in the comic book, and I think the dog appears in the trailer. And then also one of the coolest sequences in the book is a chase scene, like a car chase scene. And Clint is like handing Kate arrows and they're all like specialty arrows, right? They all do weird stuff. And she does that in the trailer and it like, it blows up the car behind him. Then she's like, 
you have more dangerous arrows than that like she's like surprised at what he has right though i think maybe we'll get like the goofier arrows in this because the the way uh hawkeye uses that in the comic was pretty fun especially in this one that they're drawing from i thought that was pretty cool so maybe there'll be some goofs and gaffs in his little arrow pouch you know that'll be kind of fun yeah also i don't know if you caught this there's like a quick quick shot of how i believe is the character is uh i think her name is maya lopez maya lopez is that the um who's that she is echo in the comic books who first took up like the the ronin costume right uh so they're introducing that character i believe that she have like a whole tv show of her own coming up too isn't that her i that don't character? know about that but i think she will be in the hawkeye she I don't know if she has her own show. I think I think there was something announced around that. Um, yeah, I I saw that quick shot of her. Are they tied together a lot, or is it just that they both had the same mantle? Because I don't know that character that well. I just remember when she appeared in New Avengers. You know, as yeah, Robin I bit. don't I don't know if they're tied together a lot. Who she is kind of connected to a lot, and rumors are swirling is Daredevil. Oh, in the comics, and there's like a rumor now that. Kingpin will appear in the Hawkeye show because of that. So I wonder, like, if they do do that, they put Kingpin in the show, is it going to be Vincent D'Onofrio from the Daredevil series? I want it to be him because he was such a breakout from the whole Netflix world. And mm-hmm. I still feel like Charlie Cox is going to show up in Spider-Man. I, I don't deny that yet. Uh, I think it could be like a small cameo and just a fan thing. But maybe that's all a promise of having Daredevil in the future. Now that they have him back, why not? Man, so there's really like no restrictions that Marvel could do now. Because because once you open the door to multiverse, it's like no restriction. And I could they could pull characters from whatever and leave characters from whatever behind. Which I almost think is not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking the comic books, dude. <laughs> the comic books. Yeah, because like... As much as I loved the Netflix shows, I feel like if you take one, you got to take them all. Well, I mean, they could be around, but I think I think uh, the Punisher and Daredevil and Kingpin, those are the the real breakouts, and to have them in the mix, I think would fit. Uh, they're on par as far as like quality of actor and their performances. I, I would I don't mind having them in there. Um, yeah, I don't think Charlie because Cox. yeah, they're not that you know, uh, they're not like super powered too much. So I think having them does not take away from the powers of the other characters and like does not throw a wrench in the mix, you know. I guess and like Hawkeye is kind of like a street level character, even though he's like in the yeah. Avengers, he's like toes the line of like I can also just be the neighborhood hero guy, which I think is what will fit into uh, the series. He's not trying to save the world in this series he's just trying to fix his own problems um so i th- i guess it could fit but i don't know like it just uh i would i'll say it now i think i would rather see them do a clean slate with those characters like don't just pull vincent d'onofrio charlie cox into it and not have everybody you gotta start over Okay, well, uh, I think they'll have <laughs> enough villains uh, in the series already. I think that's Madame Mask in there already, right? So I think sure. there's going to be enough adversaries in the series if they don't pull those people in. Uh, but I don't know. This is my first time hearing about the Kingpin thin, uh, thing. Uh, I just already like the feel of the trailer with the, the Christmas aspect of it, right? The, it's going, right? the diehard route of action around Christmas. And watching the first time, I got juice. Like, this looks really good i did not expect to, to like it this much off the bat a character that we know will appear but we did not see in the trailer is uh yelena belova right because of 
the whole uh, Black Widow movie thing that she's gonna, what's her name? Count Val, whatever, Contessa Fontaine is pulling her in and having her set on taking out Hawkeye. Do you think um, she's gonna learn that Hawkeye's not that bad of a guy and doesn't want to kill him? Yeah, I think so. I think it's gonna reveal that um, Val, whatever, is doing some shady stuff behind the scenes and maybe um, Yelena will realize that, discover that, and then try to infiltrate that, whatever she's forming, because She's obviously recruiting, um, what's his name, U.S. agent guy, fake Captain America. Yeah. Um, and Captain. I'm sure she's going to try to recruit more. So I wonder, like, if I, my guess is Yelena will be the hero of that, whatever that is. Like, she'll realize they're doing some shady stuff, pretend like she's part of it, but then be the reason it, it's, like, taken down or whatever. Okay. Because we're getting into these, like, muddy waters, these gray areas. Uh, mm-hmm. I think maybe, like, Madame Mask, maybe what she's doing is not full stop bad or whoever the big bad of this series is. Um, And then Yelena, she's already kind of mixed up in like gray places because she's an assassin, right? So whatever Val's uh, team up, it's going to, maybe they think they're heroes, but they're not, right? Uh, I think that could be where where we run into that. So I think not everyone is just straight up here. And of course, that's where we want to be is these like anti-heroes, hero type deals. I think they're going to make, like what you said, like they think they're heroes, but they're not maybe. And I think it's going to be like a Suicide Squad. Oh, just to fight that off? I think they know Suicide Squad did well, at least James Gunn version of it so they want their own kind of version of that of like these like kind of bad guy kind of good guy team that they could also kind of like you know form so I think it's kind of like that. I think Val is kind of like the Amanda Waller of Marvel and she's trying to put together this team and it's slowly building behind the scenes of all these movies and shows and eventually we'll have, I don't know what you're going to call it, Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers, whatever you want to call it, but there's going to be a, like, a fake Avengers out there. I can see that happening. I think Val is doing her best Fury impression, right? I still don't know. We really don't know what organization she's with. I, it seems like she's part of the, the U.S. government at some point, right? She said some type of secret organization, but we don't really know. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. it feels like, right? No, I don't think it's S.H.I.E.L.D. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe at the end, Kate Bishop joins as their Hawkeye. Oh, that would break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Because if, if they're doing Young Avengers, I think maybe Haley Steinfeld's already too old for that. You know what I mean? Yes. They did mention that she's supposed to be playing a teenager, but I don't know. Uh, maybe too old she for like that. 25 or something like that I think already. So. <laughs> Um, but regardless, I think she's a good actress and I think she's playing the role well. And I am looking forward to the Hawkeye series. Uh, it's one of my favorite characters and it comes out in November 24th. So if, if, for example, they do six episodes, that'll end like right around Christmas time. Christmas time. Okay. We get the feel of, I'm, I don't, the Christmas stuff is what got me. Like it surprised me. It's the most. So I guess this is how we're going to end the year, Marvel-wise, is with Hawkeye. I think that's kind of cool. Pretty dope. I hope it ends well. Again, I think it might be my favorite, even though it's a smaller scale type thing. No multiverses, no breaking reality. So, so far, you kind of like what Disney's doing with taking their movie characters and putting them, giving them their own shows on Disney Plus. Do you think that's like working out for them? I think so. I feel like um, Disney's killing it and all the fanboys are loving it, this guy included. And you think if uh, Warner Brothers and DC were to do that, they would have the same popularity? Uh, Well, they have a different track record, let's say, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, We know James Gunn's Suicide Squad was a hit, right? 
Yeah. And a large part of what I liked about that movie was surprisingly John Cena and his peacemaker character. I thought that guy was hilarious. And he's getting his own series on, on um, HBO Max. They released like, it's literally like an eight second clip teaser of it. I saw it. And that. already it looks funny. <laughs> <laughs> you like it ready? I thought it was like, why even release this? Like, this is a behind the scenes type thing, but yeah, whatever. Fine. I, I already like, I, this is going to be one of my favorite shows already. <laughs> what? Really? I, I still like, I like the character. Don't get me wrong, but it still feels weird to give him a, a, a TV show. <laughs> I think this is a perfect kind of platform for John Cena where it's not a, like, yeah, it's like a movie, but it's broken up to series. So it's not, I don't know. It, it fits him better because I think he's funny. And I think a series oh. is in, in chunks. Like I don't need two hours of him, but in uh -huh. one, one hour segments, I think I could take it. <laughs> He's pretty funny for a guy that gigantic. He, by square foot, he's pretty funny. Yeah. By square foot. <laughs> he's by square foot, the funniest person alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, just in the quick trailer, he shoots a shotgun and like, you know, like the holes on the target, it, it's shaped like a peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous and honestly hypocritical for his character, but that's the fun yeah. part about it, right? Like, <sighs> I could see myself rewatching that movie too, but uh, whatever. Yeah, it was a good movie. Anytime. I think DC yeah. DC definitely got a winner with that one, and I think they'll have a winner, of course, with the Batman coming out in March. We were talking about earlier, and Matt Reeves has already said they were doing a spinoff from that world because that world is not Snyderverse, right? It's its own kind of pocket of DC. Do we, should we name it now? Is it is like the Reeves verse? What's, what's Reeves verse? The the Matt verse. <laughs> the Madverse? Uh, uh, I, I don't like any... Even Snyderverse, I don't really like the name of it. It's all Batman but stuff, I get, so it should be like Matman. Matt, the the Matman? The Matman. <laughs> uh, let's watch the movie first before we name it. <laughs> all right. Um, they're doing a Gotham PD-based series on that, which, I, I don't know. It seems too close to the Gotham series that was on Fox already, which I did not really like. So I'm not super excited for that. But they also came out saying they want to do a spinoff based on Colin Farrell's Penguin, which I didn't even know was Colin Farrell when I first saw it. So I want to see this more. Yeah, I think uh, everyone was surprised. A whole lot of people, not just you, thought like, that's not Colin Farrell. I thought Colin Farrell was cast as the penguin but it's him in the prosthetic and it's just uncanny how he's a different person he's the penguin he might you know be the definitive penguin moving forward maybe he brings that acting to it where like you know whoever plays the penguin next is gonna have trouble like let how Heath Ledger brought brought to the Joker is okay that, is that too much so you're saying he's getting a whole show I mean yeah I kind of won't doubt it I mean because how many times have we seen the penguin like once Danny DeVito was, was awesome a very, it was a very different penguin though like that he was closer to a penguin than a human being in that one <laughs> agree <laughs> and the, just watching the trailer of the Batman his prosthetics it looks so good and so like changing how he really looks I almost believe that it was easier for him to just get fat and scar up his face <laughs> Well, you know, another uh, Batman actor, Christian Bale, he does body transformation all the time. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, is there is there like a Batman universe uh, conference they go to and talks about how he does it, gets fat, you know? <laughs> 
I mean, that that's the dream job. You could be an actor and be like, we need you to gain 100 pounds. Done. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it, I hear it's kind of hard, actually. Like, it just affects everything. I don't know. Uh, I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to act um, now? Uh, yeah, that's the hard part. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. Um, the Penguin is a cool character. He seems like... In, at least in this universe, you know, more of just like a thug gangster kind of character, not like, you know, has circus freaks as his henchmen in, in Batman Returns. Right. He does not have the disfigurements or the abnormalities like the, the hands he had in thing, the old yeah. Batman. I think here he's just a freaking gangster. And I'm imagining he grew up on the dirty streets of Gotham, built himself up to be a gang lord or mobster, whatever you call it, um, and is the penguin. He's not necessarily doing the penguin I think of in the comics, where it's like the, the upper crust type guy who's not really upper crust. He's kind of faking it with those long cigarettes and top hats. He's just <laughs> tre- he just has like a, a trench coat and is, wants to make money, I guess, be a criminal. Um, looks aside and all the makeup that he's wearing and all that, Colin Farrell, do you think he's like a great actor? Do you think he's going to like really be a, a good villain character to Robert Pattinson? I think so. You know, I think he, as of late, has stopped, stepped up the acting. I liked him mm-hmm. in, uh, what's that freaking TV show on HBO? True Detective. True Detective, right. I, I think he's been stepping up be like before he was up and down, but I think he knows the game now and he figured it out kind of like the other True Detective guy, Matthew McConaughey. Like he can just figure out the roles that are right for him. I really like in True Detective season two where uh, his son's being bullied, right? Yes. This is my favorite, this is my favorite <laughs> so scene goes, in the series. He goes to the kid's house and tells the kid to call his dad. And as soon as the dad comes out, he like knocks the dad out in front of the kid. <laughs> To like get revenge for his son, right? Yeah, that's the penguin. <laughs> that's the penguin. I can believe that. Uh, I think in that uh, scene, he had like brass knuckles. Now imagine if he had an yeah. umbrella. Oh, that was a really a gun. That was really a gun, right? <laughs> and then he rode off in like a giant rubber duck. <laughs> Does he do that in the old show? Ridiculous. He does that in... Danny DeVito does that in Batman uh, <laughs> I would love um, that if that was in The Batman, the new movie. That's the only one weird... Yes. <laughs> gigantic rubber <laughs> Totally ducky. doesn't fit. <laughs> I'll get you, um, Batman. Have you seen... I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but I think... Have you seen Rocky, the original Rocky? Oh, yes. I've seen, of course. Yeah, you know, Mickey... Isn't he Batman from the Adam West... I mean, isn't he Penguin from the Adam West Batman? Oh. I don't think so. I I remember the penguin the same, like was a little bit bigger than that, right? Uh, well, I, mean, I mean, maybe it could have been a prosthetics uh, too. I'm gonna I'm gonna look 19, it up. 1950 prosthetics they put on freaking Mickey from Rock. Also, when you said Rocky, I first I pictured Rocky and Bullwinkles. Like I have no, I've never seen that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's the penguin. <laughs> wow. Okay. All you my words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the great actor. He's in both Rocky and Batman. Like, what more could you ask for? You're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder. That's him, right? <laughs> yeah. Remember in the office, he's like, "How much more of this do you have?" He's like, "I'm like a third of the way through." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd love to see that in the Batman. 
Now, if they this uh, Penguin series, it's not official yet. They're trying to pursue Colin Farrell to do it. He's not signed on for sure to do it yet. But if they if it does happen, I think the the premise of the show will be how Penguin kind of rose through the underground of Gotham and becoming the big like mobster or whatever that he is in the movie. I, I would love that. I think we're gonna get, of course, the uh, the vigilante in Batman, and then the straight up police in Gotham. Well, maybe not so much straight up, right? It's Gotham. Yeah. And then right. you have the the antagonist Penguin here, and see kind of all sides of the equation with the three different TV show movies. I think that'd be great. Uh, is it the right move to have this go on? Have th- was this the right move to to go on for the next? chunk of this world um i think colin farrell is a bankable actor and yeah. you could build a series around him and i think I, yeah i think it would work i looking at what disney has done with their marvel characters and they're just like side characters and if you want to consider loki a villain he was a, a make a whole show about a villain like it could work so i think dc sees what disney is doing and and they want to mimic that and and they're already making a bunch of shows like if you count like titans and um Doom Patrol. I think those shows are pretty good and I'm very excited for the Peacemaker show. So adding this onto it, Colin Farrell's uh, Penguin, I think could be like one of the better shows that HBO Max has to offer. You know what I just thought up and what this could kind of simulate is he could be like the Tony Soprano of his world. He could be like the mob oh. boss and then there's like, you know, other people in the mob or his gang uh gangsters that are involved and have their own storylines and he's not necessarily anti-hero we know he's a criminal but you kind of root for him anyways and they can of course show up in each other series gotham central and him and they just are fighting each other whatever people in in his gang yeah it sounds really cool i i i hope colin farrell signs up for this and and it it gets like greenland and happens that'd be really cool that'd be really awesome i think reeves got a good head and shoulders and dc sees that you know, Warner sees that. Yeah. Um, last thing on the news now, I want to talk back about Marvel because apparently they have filed a lawsuit to try to keep control of some of their characters because, as we know, Disney owns Marvel. But I guess the creators of some of the characters, a la Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, though they're no longer with us, their estates, meaning like their family and controlling uh, representatives, have filed a, like a copyright claim saying like they should get control of the characters that they created right and these characters include like spider-man doctor strange iron man all those characters that we everyone knows now because of the movies they feel like oh they their estates their families whatever have the rights to those characters and and they want to take it away quote unquote take it away from marvel slash disney so to counter that uh disney has filed their own kind of like controlling lawsuit to keep control of these characters uh i don't think they're gonna let it go easily right they're not gonna just Oh, sure. Take take what you want. They're a huge corporation. They're out for the bottom dollar, even though they're bringing so much fun. Uh, what people have to know is that like in comics it's not necessarily like regular books it's a work for hire type deal right when they make these new characters it they sign up kind of as freelancers and then they just happen to make up characters they don't know 80 years down the road it's gonna be <laughs> a billion dollar business i don't think they made a billion dollars yet in american currency when they made <laughs> the characters yet 
So they didn't, they're just, hey, let's make a comic book and we have to make a new character for it. They're not thinking uh, when they sell it away or the relationship between the, the creators and the Marvel. They're not right. uh, sharing rights. Exactly. There was a similar kind of like legal battle with the character Superman over in, in DC and the families of the, the two creators of, of Superman, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, their families now have, have tried to file claims to get the rights back to Superman away from DC slash Warner Brothers. But because like what you said, like the publisher will always own the rights of the characters, um, the families lost that legal battle and they're represented um, by the lawyer uh mark toberoff i believe his name is right. he's also representing the families who are now trying to file these claims against marvel and disney so it sounds like they somewhat share rights with uh the heirs and and dc for superman like they get a cut but not necessarily full rights to superman the character right right so i guess they get a little bit of the pie but not all of it i don't know the bomb the, the numbers with all these different characters do you th- see that showing up for the heirs or the estates or uh, is there not a, a say for these people, the, the heirs uh, for Marvel characters? I, I think these companies are so large. They have so much money that they would rather just give them a portion, meaning come up with like a settlement to share these characters and they get a piece and, and Marvel will still retain the rights. They'll rather do that than risk losing all of it. You know what I mean? And I think that's probably what's going to happen is a similar situation where the families of these creators will get partial profit from it from the revenue of these characters but i i highly doubt that they'll gain a hundred percent copyright from this and 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 dc and marvel will lose full control i think that's probably definitely not gonna happen i agree with you i also one thing is it's a not just one character like superman it's a list of characters so a little bit of a lot of all these characters might stack up enough for these heirs and might make Marvel a bit iffy about just giving a little bit for each character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that is still the right move if I was them because as much as you hate them, the fans are the ones that are going to make a stink about this. And I think that's what got the Superman people some of the pie. I think the fans are actually pushed towards this a bit and want to give what's due to the creators and their heirs. Uh, I That's what I think. I Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, they created them. They deserve their credit. But let's say they won all of the rights. And now the movies, the games, the comic books can no longer use Spider-Man, Iron Man, Black Widow, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye. I'd be like, I'd be very bummed. <laughs> and I'd be like, that's, never mind. <laughs> that's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious how much they're getting, though. Is it going to be so small that it's... Well, yes. at this scale, it's got to be a whole <laughs> lot, right? Even if it's small, it's a lot, right? At this scale. Yeah, because it's if I'm getting this correct, it's not just the movies. It's everything the character is in. So, like, video games True. is a large chunk of that. Uh, TV shows, cartoons, um, even print media, anything... Anywhere you use that, toys, merchandise, stuff like that. Um, heck, we just went to Disneyland. Everything in Disneyland is has something to do with right. that. So, like, that all adds up. So, if you get, like, a fraction of that, you know, it, it's like nothing to Disney, but a lot to the families. 
I wonder how much they will get. Say you have Spider-Man, the, the Steve Ditko and Stan Lee's heirs together. Yeah. How much do you think they're gonna get in their lifetime by have in this trial, in this case, like like more I than a hundred million, then, like fifty million? No, I, I I would say a lot less because like they earned profit from it when they were alive, right? Like it's not like they had they? nothing from it. Oh, as far as like getting oh, an like income a from Marvel, the publisher, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely Stan Lee. Yeah. And I mean, like, you were hired by them and you know the deal that they own what you create. I don't see them really gaining that much from it. But you still think they're going to get something and it's a hefty chunk for for them, I, right? I think they'll get something just because Disney would rather just pay them off than to go through this whole legal battle and make a big mess of it. Settle the case, right? Come to an agreement. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. ensure they have the characters because we're talking about billions of dollars here and a lot of characters don't yeah. Their whole roster, so it makes sense. And I don't know how this works, but like, as far as the movies, Sony has like a lot of license from Marvel for Spider Man. So, in a way, they have a lot of money at risk with this, too. So, like, I would think like maybe they would work together to try to keep the rights of this character. Oh, wow. Both companies, I mean, they're working together making movies, so it makes sense they would fight for the character together. I think DC is just borrowing it from Sony, and Sony's the actual one that owns Spider Man, right? So, they were just renting the well, character uh, a bit. Sony is, yeah, from Marvel. Well, they they own the rights to that for uh, making movies and stuff, right? Yeah, Sony does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. If if Marvel loses the rights to Spider Man, then so would Sony. Yeah, right. And but Disney is like in conjunction with Marvel is borrowing it from Sony almost. It's like a pot potato, I think, is the way it goes, right? That's why they can use them in Civil War and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So I think the deal is, which I think might end because of. No Way Home. I, I don't know what their contract is after that, but um, I think like Marvel makes the movie and then Sony gets to distribute it and profit from it. <laughs> that's that's the whole deal and what Disney just gets to use the character for the other stuff. I think, I think it's the profit is half or like 60-40 type thing. I, I remember they wanted like half and they almost didn't agree. Remember? And like they yeah. almost lost Tom Holland. So I think it's closer to maybe like 25%. When they were talking about getting Venom 2. Yeah. And I don't think they got him, but I don't know. So I'm sure they'll renegotiate once his contract is up. And I don't know. I, I heard rumors that they're trying to just outright buy it back from Sony, which would cost a bunch. But I, I don't know. I don't know why Sony would give that up. If I was Sony, I would keep it. And for Marvel, that's a whole lot of money and a whole lot of mess to take up. Are they going to take up the Venom stuff too and all that? That's. Uh, I almost feel like they got enough of Spider-Man out of that and just move on to other characters. Does he sell that much? Like where yes. he... <laughs> I mean, look at the Avengers and all that. They, that's a. I think Spider-Man sells by himself as much as the Avengers. No way. No way. I bet you Spider-Man No Way Home will make more than Age of Ultron. Maybe more than Infinity War. Um, well, that's because Disney had their hand in it, I think. Because they set him up in Civil War and like did all that. I don't... Uh, exactly. You know what I'm yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But One no matter character what. Is, makes more than the team uh, movie. And I think co- the team movie costs more to make also. Of maybe uh, they're because Sony's look how many doing actors like you have putting, to pay. Sony's putting out all these villains just to put up with Spider Man, just to tie him in together, right? Okay, but I mean, like Alfred Molina does not cost as much as I don't know <laughs> Chris Evans. You know what I mean? <laughs> true, true. 
Yeah. But I, I do honestly think they're not going to lose these characters and they no. will settle and um, you won't even realize that any of this happened in the background. Oh, what about the low level characters? Did they, is there anyone they could just let go and just have, give that person all the, the, the profits for that? You know, the, the side characters, background characters. But let's say they give the profit to a background character and then they just never use him. Then there's no profits for that character. It would have then to been so far what they've used them for, but but who knows? Uh, who made Happy Hunger? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see if this really changes anything. But my guess is a big fat no. And uh, everything will just continue as per usual. Right. Disney, um, they own everything. We're just trying to yeah, buy it back. <laughs> continue. Yeah. All right. That is it for the news. Um, we'll probably have more news next week. But that's pretty much all I wanted to hit up on for the past two weeks because we were out last week. Yeah. So um, definitely don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast and uh, share it with your friends. Right. The best thing for you guys to do is to go on Apple Podcasts. That's the best place to review us. Give us a five star if we, if we might ask. And um, find us on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hala, We're at the Reader Copy Podcast. All right. Let's get talking about a different comic book. Not Marvel. Not DC. This is an image book called Shudder. There was a stretch there in my comic reading history where I feel like I was reading some of your comics, your old comics, right? And then like your Marvel stuff and it was awesome, all the the Avengers and X-Men you had. And then there was a stretch there where I was picking into other comics that you didn't really read before. And there was a lot of the image comics at the time, right? Oh, okay. So like um, Wild Wild Storm. No, not not the spawns <laughs> of the world, not, not Savage Dragon. But the uh, new image, right? The the newer image, the when image was real, like we'll take anything that's a good story, anything that's mm-hmm. eye catching, and we'll do it. it. Doesn't have to be superheroes at all, and it's kind of more. I think they drove away from the artist driven, you know, market, and it's kind of story driven yeah. a bit more, right? That's true. And so, yeah, definitely, I think, uh, and not like the superstar artists either anymore. Um, but that was where I was like finding stuff on my own, finding all this image stuff that you don't know. And it's brand new to me too, because it's like brand new properties. It's creator own, right? No, nobody really knew stuff. I found some stuff that I love, you know, the, the sagas, the deadly classes that I really loved. And then there were some that I'll just take a peek at and then I won't continue, but I thought it was, this is maybe pretty good quality. I'll revisit it. And so that's one thing um, we're taking out a look at today. It's a comic book called Shudder. That came out in uh, 2014, so right around that time, I was like, okay, experimenting in some different comics. Uh, we're just going to be doing the first trade, the first six issues. The trade is called Wonder Lost, but it's a total of 30 different issues. 30 chapters is what they call it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, its writer is Joe Keatinge. Um, he's worked on Marvel Knights Hulk. Glory was a pretty cool image thing where... He kind of uh, continued on the story of this, you know, that, like we're talking about, that image stuff that's superhero and pouches galore and mm-hmm. swords yep. and bodacious babes. But he kind of brought to the brand new modern style of comics nowadays and, uh, but continued the story on, but almost rebooted the character also. It was a pretty cool idea. <laughs> 
pretty awesome. Uh, Glory, that was a good read. I've read that one. He also won a Harvey Award in 2008 for Best Anthology. And in 2021, uh, an Eisner for Best Anthology for his image comic Pop Gun. Oh, nice. I never heard of that book. Me neither. Apparently, it's like this anthology thing where it has no requirements. It's just like whatever they want to put into the anthology story. What? Right? They'll just take stories from different people and put it together. I think it's out of image too. So cool idea. Um, it's, got, it's got some awards. Our artist for today is Layla Del Duca. Del Duca. I think she's worked on Wonder Woman Tempest Tossed. Uh, she wrote a comic for Image called Afar. Um, there's one called Sleepless. And also her art has been featured in other great big names like Wicked and Divine, Scarlet Witch, American Vampire. Um, so she, her art has been in a lot of different places. And I, I really dig it here. Uh, it's interesting style, I'll say. Where it feels like the image kind of house look, but yeah, um, I like it. And so, uh, just get to the like the general idea of this book. It feels a lot like uh, somewhat like Indiana Jones a bit, you know, like this adventure kind of person. And mm-hmm. anything, and I'm thinking like anything can show up in this world. It feels like <laughs> it's all it's half real, half not in this world. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of like a Umbrella Academy in that way. It does, where it's just random stuff thrown at you. Yeah, just there's no rhyme or reason why, but it all still works. Just go with it, right? I kind of like that. And uh, we will uh, start off the story with our main character when she's younger, Kate Christopher. She is um, this little girl, maybe about 10 years old, and she's with her father, Chris Christopher, and they come a family of explorers. So they come from like a long line of explorers and they travel this world, this Honestly, this like universe that's similar to ours, but very different. There are <laughs> random monsters here about. There's like griffins. There's like aliens. There's monsters. There's it's almost like everything in the world exists in this world. <laughs> like there's there's ghosts, dinosaurs are out of buck. There's there's fairies. Just everything is out there. So as an explorer, it's awesome to. Explore just find all the stuff on the earth or even and maybe in outer space too. And that's where we first see them is they're on the moon. And this is a gift to, to Kate for her for her birthday. We're going to go travel to the moon as, you know, we get this idea of Chris. and He's this like nurturing father that is just wants to show his little girl the world. But the daughter, Kate, when they're on the moon, like she just wants to leave. She thinks it's boring. It's, it's just a rock at the end of the day, right? It's the There's moon, nothing to look at. <laughs> She thought there was going to be a Ferris wheel up there, right? It's something cool to see. It's her birthday. She's kind of bored of it. But when they talk it through, Chris is imparting on her that one day she could become an explorer like him. This is like a long lineage of of our family. We explore the world. We see the, the edges of the galaxy, of the different things that we bring up to other people. And you get this, like again, like Indiana Jones feel of finding just the hidden gems of the world. Now we cut to 20 years later when she's now 27 and she's just like a, you know, a bumbling adult, you know, just like how everyone is at this kind of age of just trying to figure it out. She's waking up hungover on her couch in the dress that she wore last night. And it's she's being woken up by an alarm clock, but is is actually an alive alarm clock that is in the shape of a cat. You know those uh, cat clocks? I've always wanted one of these. 
where like the cat eyes go back and forth for every second and the tail is like wagging the black ones are the black and white ones it with like yeah. a bow tie they're yeah. expensive are they i've tried to look one up like on ebay or something i think because they're cool it's like a hundred dollars or something like that i did not know they're expensive i did look it up it's apparently like an art deco thing like it's like a yeah like old-timey art thing and i'm gonna get imagine one. what it, you're gonna get one are you gonna get a, a live one like this one <laughs> <laughs> this one's alive and like talking to him it's like a, almost like an like uh if she had an alexa that was a cat <laughs> kind of right it's it's like a little buddy is the alarm cat is uh her little friend it, it, it moves around like it's like a cartoon plays around it's like standing on the kitchen table and saying like wake up kate wake up it's time for work she finally gets up and she opens like the curtains to see the city and she lives in new york but it's not the new york that we know like it's still bustling and busy but there's like weird stuff like there's like spaceships flying in the sky there's aliens there's um like you said like monsters and things and there's even like a giant like bird that has like almost like a bus on its back like it it's like public transit it's this fantastical world mixed in with the real world right like there's a lot of plant life too in the city there's amphibian people weird sights to see in this world there's like a nest but it's not a bird nest it's like a dragon's nest on the side yeah like a like a pterodactyl yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool she gets onto the subway of this new york city and she's even sitting next to like an astronaut she's sitting next to this ox person it random things just about the city right and there are regular humans too um there's even this one kid that wants her to sign in a book that she wrote she this little kid is a fan of kate and kate was once an explorer too uh, experienced one like her dad and even wrote about it in uh, some novels but now at age 27, it's almost like she has turned away from that. She doesn't want to be like this famous explorer like her father was. And even though that's what she's known for, she's trying to like shed that image. She uh, She's over that life. She does not want to be exploring anymore. She kind of wants like a quiet job, a regular office job, and just go about her day, be a regular person. She even calls up her best friend, Elaine, who happens to be a roommate and didn't know that she just slept on the couch last night and she was... Uh, a drunk mess last night and Elaine is like giving it to her like get it together a bit <laughs> and it's actually uh, Kate's birthday it's her 27th birthday and Elaine's asking like you know we gotta go party we gotta go do celebrate something what are you gonna do today and she's like I'm gonna of course spend it with my dad and we think she's gonna go visit her dad which she does but it's at his um, gravesite right she visits her father's tombstone and apparently Christopher Christopher has already died and Kate is, you know, saying hello on her birthday. And it's an annual thing, a, a birthday ritual that she does. When out of nowhere, a bunch of ghost ninjas attack her. These purple ghost <laughs> ninjas take a slice at the tombstone and try to almost chop off Kate's head. I know this is a world of fantasy and strange things. And still yet, the glowing purple ninja ghosts still feel out of place. Like, this came out of nowhere. And yeah. Yeah, there's three of them they're attacking kate and she almost like kicks into like um muscle memory of like when she was a kid and these adventures she'd go on her, with her dad she kind of like knows how to defend herself she's not scared of this kind of like danger she's not afraid of a tussle she's ready for action any moment and she's been on all of these adventures with her father before to get an idea of the look of these ninjas i think they look a lot like the the ninjas you find in that old ninja turtles game do you remember that the, the foot clan yeah they look just like that <laughs> okay except ghosts except ghosts 
along with these ninja ghosts are this like gigantic colossus uh bird like monolith attacking her and on top of that is this robot that has a top hat that's calling out to kate christopher saying uh, we're here to take you away so it's kind of like the foot clan or the ghosts and then like this giant technodrome emerged from the ground which is from the turtles <laughs> and then like on the top is like this giant robot like krang but instead wow. it's like he almost looks like um like somebody you would see like at a county fair or something like that like he has like a handlebar mustache but he, he's all metal he's a robot and he's telling Kate, like, we're actually here to to get you. They're uh, trying to take her. And they're all saying, like, you do not know how hard this is. How uh, difficult it is to take you away. You have no idea who's looking for you. Uh, evil people. Difficult people. People like your siblings. Right. And that's strange because all her life she's known that it's just been her and her dad. And they've been a team since his death. And there's no one else. And now, like, this whole idea of siblings is like, what do you mean? This is a surprise for Kate. And she does not not know what is going on in the middle of the city there's like this gigantic bird monolith stopping across the city and these ninjas are jumping across it the robot is got her captured she's stuck in this crystalline pink prison that she's in and there's these mice that are attending to her it's so weird like the random stuff that's happening right now <laughs> there's like these three mice that are like almost like triplets right and uh it's almost like cinderella because they have right. created like this crystal prison that you said that they have trapped kate inside of and she's like frozen in there and the way the mice talk is like Cinderella. Like they just repeat what the last mouse said, right? Oh. And while they're like trying to like take Kate away, there's also like an attack on them from these like, they're like zoot suit 1920s mobsters, but they're on like a flying car and also they're lions. <laughs> <laughs> so you get an idea of this comic. It's like a fever dream. The random stuff they're throwing at you. It's like, it feels like a dream. The What's going on in the middle of this mayhem the cops are just trying to stop this whole tussle they are in ufos they're in not cars they're in ufos trying to stop them it's like a flying saucer with sirens and it says nypd on it <laughs> pretty awesome these uh line gangsters they call themselves the Ma- maha lane gang and their leader is shaw o'shanahan so you get an idea they're like old school gangsters they just happen to be lions and they're also in on this trying to get the score apparently kate christopher someone's after her and these two groups are after her too for some reason it's so funny because they're wielding like tommy guns and they're driving like an old school car but it flies in the air and they have to like throw like rope hooks onto the big ship that kate is in it's almost like they're pirates now too like trying to invade uh, another ship so they're fighting with like the ghost ninjas and meanwhile while Kate inside the crystal that she's imprisoned in kind of cracks open and she's able to escape. And it's just like this whole mess in the middle of New York. She's finally saved by some of the UFO cops and the <laughs> both groups are taken up to jail uh, and captured and she's free of that whole mess. Uh, but she's injured in all this, this whole fight. She, I think, broke her arm and is in the hospital now. The gorilla doctor is tending to her arm. <laughs> 
And Elaine pays a visit and it's so, she's so worried about her friend and cannot believe like what's going on. How the heck are these people after you? Is it because you're a famous explorer, right? Um, was there something else going on? But Kate never mentions the siblings that are after her or the evil people or dark people they are. We're now at the, the prison, the jail that the lion mobsters are like caught in. And it's funny because like, you know, they're old timey. So they're even wearing like the striped prison suits, right? right? <laughs> And the one one cell is like the lion mobsters, the other cell is like the ghost ninjas. Obviously. And the cops have like got them apprehended in there and they're like yelling at each other. And then one of the other cops looks like sick, right? Like he's he's coughing. And one of the police officers is like, I told you not to come in if you're sick. And he's like, No, I'm not sick. It's just allergies. It'll go away. I promise. But when he looks at him, like blood is coming out of his mouth and his eyes and his ears, and he looks almost like a zombie. He does not last long because out of his face erupts this demon dragon type thing it's like a dragon with a skull face and it just like breaks out of his skin and the other cops like holy god like what's going on and this demon it attacks the lion gang in their cell takes them all out except for one their leader Shaw O'Shanahan and <laughs> this lion gangster you know, he pooped the bed on this job. He failed. And this dragon is uh, going to him, letting him know that the boss is, wants your number, wants, realizes you failed this whole job and you have to get back on track. I'm breaking you out of right. here and get back to the assassination. Now Kate is finally back home. She's at her apartment with Elaine and it seems like everything's back to normal. She's drinking wine and trying to like get everything behind her. Like she's safe now. Nothing can harm them. And those guys that are after her are locked up so she's kind of like put her guard down and at this moment a giant missile is like flying through her apartment like blowing up in front of them it goes kaboom on the side of her apartment her own lane drops to the floor uh, and it's like crazy. They're, they're both safe for now. And then a second bomb comes flying in and torches their apartment a second time. They're kind of like knocked to the ground. But who saves them is the alarm cat. <laughs> I love that alarm cat. I, he's my favorite character, alarm cat. Just He's always really? smiling. It's great. It's funny because like Kate kind of hates the alarm cat. <laughs> Because it's an alarm, right? She's always like annoyed by it, but it's just trying to help always. And it's like dragging Kate out of there, out of the fire that's happening now all over her apartment. And they see Elaine and she's also like knocked to the ground, but she's like all cut up and like almost like mangled. All this and they go to the hospital yet again. This time Elaine is the one um, under care. We see Kate and alarm clock in the alarm cat in the, the lobby. And there, there's like all this talking going around but all the speech bubbles are empty you get the sense that they're just in the haze right now about what just happened to them and so elaine is in the hospital all bandaged up like a mummy and they're just so sorry this happened to her cannot believe what happened yeah she's hurt now because people are after kate and the only reason she got hurt is because she was with kate right, right. so kate feels terrible and so Kate, you know, the apartment is torn up. She can't stay there because there'll be a tar she'll be a target again. And so Kate has only one option to go to is her dad's place, her back at her dad's old place. Right. And they get on a train, they travel. It's like a kind of a long trip, right? And it's just her and Alarm Cat. <laughs> 
<laughs> and as we see like the montage of the traveling on the train like we see them traveling through like the forest and the mountains and you see regular animals like a moose or something but then you also see like weird like centaurs and creatures that it's like out of this world but like it's just normal to them it's just all this whole hodgepodge of different things of different genres mixed in pretty cool we also catch up with Shaw O'Shanahan again after botching that job he has no other recourse but to go to an old friend this friend Eklund who is uh, actually a fox I think and Eklund looks badass he, he Eklund has got this like gigantic katana has this like samurai get up on and rides a triceratops <laughs> So she herself is a fox dressed as a samurai riding a triceratops. <laughs> right. Uh, and apparently they're like old war buddies. Like there's a photo of them dressed up like they're in the Vietnam War or something. <laughs> <laughs> and Shaw's explaining like I messed up and um, I got all my lion friends killed. And now they're like teaming up to finish the job. They are both set on the job to take out Kate Christopher. And Kate actually just makes it back to her childhood home and there to meet her skeleton butler, Harrington. He's <laughs> yeah. literally like, a, you know, like a tuxedo butler, but no skin or flesh or anything. He's a skeleton in there. Uh, Harrington is just like, you know, the family butler took care of the estate while she was gone and um, Harrington is super attentive and a good butler. Just happens to be a skeleton. Yeah. Um, he pretty much like helped raise her, right? So she knows him. She trusts him. And she's explaining now why she's going back home. It's because people are after her. And specifically, like, it's her siblings that she didn't even know about that existed are after her. And then Harrington's like, oh, well, I'm glad you've come home. We'll be safe here. In fact, your siblings, they're already here. So why don't you come on in? What? Kate cannot believe her ears. First, she can't even believe that Harrington knew that Kate had siblings and never told her. And they're here too. Like she can't process what's going on right now. That they're just in her childhood home inside. And you get a look at it. It's like this um, old-timey house, right? Like a nice estate that she lives in. But it's kind of destitute now with the dad gone. And so she is really hesitant about going inside and seeing her siblings and can just cannot process it. Like, they're in there? What, what are you even saying right now? And Harrington's like, you know, you have to trust me. I wouldn't say anything to hurt you. But, you know, I've devoted my life to protecting you. So please come in. And she goes in. And as they enter the living room, like, there's like a door to the living room. Harrington's like, go ahead they're inside there and she's like preparing to meet her siblings for the first time and she opens the door and inside there in the living room is the handlebar mustache guy robot and the ghost ninjas and the three like cinderella mice <laughs> they're just hanging out chilling playing cards and they're trying to explain we were never there to hurt you we just wanted to get your attention to bring you back here to talk things out Kay's like, what? You tried to kill me. Like, what are you doing in my home? How the heck are you here on my birthday? <laughs> And then Kate grabs like this elephant gun, like a giant rifle to try to kill them. But out of nowhere, someone else appears. And this person's name is General. So General is apparently her childhood nanny. And she now looks like just like an old woman. And, you know, believable that she was a nanny. And she's kind of like a strict character. You get an idea of the General. And all of these individuals, the robot, the ghost ninjas, they work for the General. And they're like, work under her. And she's the one that sent them after 
to get Kate. It's funny because like the general is like this old lady right that raised Kate, but also raised kind of like helped raise her dad too. So she's like very old, right? Right. And very elderly. When Alarm Cat asks who this is, and Kate explains who it is, Alarm Cat's like, "Oh, so it's your nanny?" And she's like, "No, this is the general. Like, I don't call her nanny. She's general." <laughs> Right. She's she's the one, right? She you could understand she's a, a strict person, very uh, hard nosed about raising the girl and uh, whoever she raises. Now the general has some news. She apparently was also one that raised Kate's sibling and out of nowhere she brings in uh Kate's little brother. That's right. After Kate, her father had another kid, a kid that's right. like ten years old now. It's weird because like general says like, Yeah, you have siblings, some young Younger, some older you didn't know any about any of them and this is your younger brother um chris christopher jr <laughs> and he looks like a younger version of the dad almost like he's like really just like when general is raising the dad it almost looks like this kid all of this is kind of like a stab in the gut for kate because she thought this whole time it was just her and her father as they went on these adventures Come to find out that she's got a younger sibling this whole time and never told her. Um, even the older one, it's like a surprise to her. She's trying to like just like take it all in, process this shocking news, right? She's learning all this on her 27th birthday, right? So she's like, okay, the kid did nothing wrong. So like I can't be mad at him or whatever. So I need to get to know him. She pretty much goes back into the living room, kicks everyone out so she could talk to Chris Jr. Chris Jr. is wide-eyed and kind of worried and she, he's in a new place. Kate seems to be barking at everybody. So she he's kind of scared of her a bit all that he can ask is go do you like dinosaurs because that's what he likes he likes dinosaurs (laughs) like you know uh, t-rexes and all that and he's got little toys of dinosaurs and shows that to kate and kate here is nurturing to her little brother and sees the innocence in her in him too and then she looks at him like oh man this is just still a kid he's still playing with like toys like how old are you and he says like i'm eight and three quarters so like almost nine Uh and then it kind of like shocks kate because her dad died 10 years ago just about time okay yeah so like how could you be nine if dad died 10 years ago so it's kind of like a shocker to that like what's going on and so kate is trying to you know make a relationship with her brother they're trying to figure out what he's like this little kid and so kate offers let's go watch a movie together and so little chris is like okay we're gonna watch it on the tablet no we're gonna watch it <laughs> on this old school projector kate has got this like old school projector they're gonna watch it on pretty awesome like uh, watching a black and white movie and she even like teaches him a bit about all the different parts about how this works here and that how the film rolls to get to show and project onto the white screen i'm kind of with uh Chris Jr. on here like you could just watch it on the tablet it's much easier uh, Kate even explains like a whole movie is like three rolls of film like you have wow. to swap it out so I'm like you know this is easier right we could just watch it on even on a phone would be easier like <laughs> these two uh, watching movie reminds uh, of us when we were watching movies when we were little uh, I remember we had a blockbuster membership and you would rent all Jeez. of the scary movies and you'd make me watch yeah. them like freaking uh chucky i was terrified of chucky still am today and uh i think you maybe watched the exorcist and i was terrified of that barely opened my eyes it's terrifying do you remember because like most people know what blockbuster is and of course people know what netflix is but there's a time <laughs> that what? i think people commonly forget that netflix used to mail you dvds <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, crazy idea. They didn't mail you the downloads. It was like... <laughs> no. And I remember like, when they first started streaming, like you could just watch it on demand. That blew my mind and I just was like not prepared for that. Did you think it was going to last or was it like a gimmick at the first I don't, moment? I don't think it was a gimmick and I knew like that was going to happen. Like that's eventually the, the standard. The next thing. But I just wasn't ready. I just didn't think it was at that time going to be a thing yet. Like, I mean, YouTube was around back then already and all that, but like it just didn't click process in my head that like wow you can just watch anything whenever now like i wasn't prepared for that and was it the whole ca- uh, like catalog they had for dvds or was it just a small set or barely anything not not the whole catalog it was pretty much like a portion and then everything to come out after that would just be be able to stream right and there was still a solid i would say like five or six years where like i'm doing both maybe i'm still getting discs in the years. mail okay. maybe less and then now i don't even know if they still offer dvds through the mail like that's not even i think they do like there's a transition where like maybe like 90 percent mail 10 percent streaming and then eventually that you know that evened out and now it's yeah. probably like 99 percent streaming and one percent mail if it, i think if they it actually still exists. Still, they still do it for like places that don't have internet and have dvd players like it exists some places like alaska or something and where do those people buy dvd players <laughs> They have it. They can bring that. You can't bring the internet with them. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, today, if I tried to go buy a DVD player, I don't know where to go. (laughs) Garage sales? (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to go to the thrift store to buy a DVD player. Uh, anyway, I remember that memory uh, down that memory lane, but that's what watching movies was like. It's a little bit e- easier than a projector, but harder than today. <laughs> so they're watching this movie and they, in a couple minutes, they just get bored of it, right? And they're just thinking, I would too. let's just get out of here and uh, have another adventure on our own. That's the feeling you get with Kate, that she's just up for like a cool adventure. Just go out and explore because that's what their family was like, right? And yeah. so they sneak out the window. But I, I don't think Chris Jr. is like that. I think he's been sheltered. And- and um, been raised by the general to just be like indoors. So he doesn't really know much about the world around him. So they escape, they climb out the window and hop in a car and get out of there. And the general goes to check up on them. And it's just like, it's almost literally like escaping prison or something where like, it's like sheets tied together to make a rope to climb out the window. (laughs) Right, like Shawshank Redemption type escaping out of this prison (laughs) to get out the window. And so they're they're driving off in one of those old school cars to get out of there. And Chris has questions of his own. He wonders what dad was like in the last time Kate saw him, right? Kate has to say the hard thing and mention the last time Kate saw Chris, the dad, was when Chris died. It was like their last adventure. And she was there helping the dad, but the dad had to like sacrifice himself to save Kate because they're in the situation where it's almost like a Sarlacc pit monster, right? It's like tentacles with a giant mouth in the ground. And to save Kate, like the dad sacrificed himself and he gets like stabbed in the chest and then swallowed up by this monster so that Kate could escape. Right before the dad was going to be swallowed up, he was saying, I love you, but it's kind of scary. He's about to be eaten and maybe ripped apart. So Kate does a final gesture to ease his pain and Kate shoots him so that he dies quickly. Right. Instead of being like devoured by this monster. Pretty dark, right? 
I don't think he, she told that to Chris, but you know, it's a hard moment to, to tell Chris, the, the little boy. So Kate knows that one of her siblings is still after her and also her younger brother. And we look at the, the trunk of this car and it's just got a bunch of guns. Like she's a Terminator and she's ready for action. <laughs> so their plan is to hole up in a little motel. And we catch up with Eklund and Shaw the lion. Um, Eklund is like frazzled because their boss is on their tail because they have to kill off Kate. And they, again, he botched the job earlier, Shaw. So they need to do the job the right time this time. So they finally find them at the motel that they're hiding up in. And it's funny because like Shaw has like a sniper rifle, Tommy gun thing, and he's like aiming it at the window. And then Eklund is charging on her triceratops, right? With like a samurai right. sword. And then Chris Jr. is like, oh, cool. Is that a triceratops? Like, <laughs> I like dinosaurs. <laughs> he likes dinosaurs. They're getting shot up up there in their hotel room. And so Kate tosses the shotgun to Alarm Cat. Uh, Alarm Cat has no idea how to use a shotgun, but he's got it. And Kate jumps down on top of the Triceratops with a sword. They're like fighting it out. It's like a a, a sword fight while one is on a dinosaur. <laughs> and they're having like this battle. Kate stabs the Triceratops in the eye, which I felt really bad for the dinosaur because I like dinosaurs too. So that knocks down Eklund to the ground. And now Eklund is having a sword and Kate pulls out a handgun and points it at Eklund like, it's over, like you're you're done. Meanwhile, Shaw, the gangster lion, is running up to the motel room and he's got the, the upper hand on these two in the room when out of nowhere, his guts go flying everywhere and he got shot up by the shotgun. It's revealed that the person that did shoot the shotgun was actually little Chris, the boy. Even Kate's like, oh my God, like you killed that guy. <laughs> like she knows Chris to be like this innocent child. So she feels bad that he had to do that. And it's this like murder fest, right? Shaw's down. Eklund is, gets beat up by Kate pretty easily. She gets tossed to the ground. The, this fox samurai lady is on the ground, all beat up. Um, and Kate is asking, how do I get to your boss? And the answer is the flip phone Eklund has. <laughs> all this like weird stuff and she has a flip phone. All she has to do is call up the one number on the flip phone and Kate can get in contact with their boss. And the last thing for Kate to do is stomp the head of Eklund as she her brains go splat. So they're driving away now. It's like the next morning and they go off to like this highway that's on like the edge of the cliff that's overlooks the ocean. And she decides, okay, like I'm going to try to contact whoever's on this flip phone so that we can figure out what the heck's going on. She's on the flip phone and in the background, right, she's having this like intense phone call as we catch up with Chris and Alarm Cat. And there's this little cute moment moment where alarm cat inside his little clock belly he's got some peanut butter chocolates he's handing over to to chris and it's like oh this is our little secret little chocolate for your little friend kate after her phone call she's like totally alarmed right now right she runs back to the car opens the trunk with all the guns and she's talking to chris we're like hey it's it's about to get really bad so you need to be ready to protect yourself um go ahead and pick two guns out of the trunk and it's funny because like she's talking to this eight-year-old like okay which guns do you want to use again we're on this like awesome side next to this cliff when uh there is like a crack in the fabric of space and through this portal <laughs> ripping into this portal into this little ledge here arrives this gigantic dragon with a skull face again but this time it's like stories and stories high gigantic thing with right. bat wings 
It's pretty awesome. And it's like about to eat them. <laughs> it's just like the dragon that came out of that one sick cop, but like a hundred times bigger. <laughs> There's lightning going on and it's evading the space out of this crack in space. And they're just like brace yourselves as they have to tussle with this gigantic thing. And that's how we're going to end the trade. This big monster that's about to eat them. And that was Shudder. Um, that was a trip, a weird comic, I got to say, out of Image. Uh, I did read like the first issue when it came out. And it was like, this is kind of weird. I don't know if I'm going to like it. And so I wanted to revisit it here. Uh, years later to see if I liked it. And I'm like, it's still weird. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like um, like an adventure story. And I like how, because there's a lot of flashbacks of it when it's like Kate and her dad when Kate was a kid. But right. now how it en- how the first volume ends, it's like flip. Like Kate is the adult and she's with her younger brother that she didn't even know about. And they're being chased by who knows how many more siblings. And it's like, why are they being chased? And what's going on with the dad? So still a lot to be revealed but it seems like they're on like this wild journey now. I like what you said earlier about it being like Umbrella Academy again with that like kind of family intrigue what the heck is going on with the siblings the dad nobody knows Uh, this world is pretty vibrant random definitely random stuff going on (laughs) tossing here and there and if you're into that it's kind of fun I think the artwork is awesome too and um, I think Kate is a pretty interesting character how she's a rebel at heart. Do you know why it's called Shudder? Yes I think just because that she's an explorer, right? And she likes to take pictures. So the shutter in the camera. Okay. That was not even anything alluded to about that. <laughs> I was like, why is this called shutter? <laughs> she's an adventurer. She's an explorer. She takes a lot of pictures. Again, she doesn't, okay. I don't think she doesn't take a single picture in the comic, but what? No. So. <laughs> I think there's like one image of her holding a camera in the, the beginning and they're like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the idea. Um, I think this is actually a pretty popular comic at Image. Some people like it out of, out of Image, but um, mm. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was like, de- I, there could be a bit more of a through line with the random stuff thrown in. I would like that. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of other comics where things make more sense, even though it feels strange how they could mix. Like Saga, there's a lot of random stuff, but it works. This yeah, is like kind of different. I thought this was almost like weird for weird sake, and it was a little crazy, and I felt like I was on shutter island over here <laughs> so i, I kind of like that feeling a bit out of it it's like it's like a fever dream like okay this now <laughs> uh there's a lot of like backstories to like the, some of the characters like um the skeleton butler guy he has a couple pages that tell his story and i really like that one i thought that was really interesting that was interesting there's a lot of stuff we glazed over we skipped over uh, backstories or even just like moments right before what actually happens in the main story and those are fun and like little pauses in the story if you, if you are into that um, but I, I might dabble and shudder more a bit to see what the heck's going on with the siblings that's what I'm most curious about you know? yeah I it definitely feels like your kind of comic book <laughs> oh really you're not loving it? okay I get it uh, but it is out there. I'll say that. Um, yeah. It's it's also like how it stops at 30. There's there's a certain end point to this comic. And I think it finished up. Um, anything else you want to say about Shudder? Uh... I, I did also enjoy the artwork because it's so crazy. They can draw yeah. things really outrageous. Um, and there's no limit to like what kind of creatures they draw. Like mobster lions or triceratopses and stuff like that. Like. I thought the way they drew them was very like, I like the style of it. I agree. It's pretty awesome. Uh, seeing all those things, random things hop up here and there and everything like on page at one time was kind of crazy at certain points. Uh, so that was Shudder. Ready for side stories? Let's move on to that. 
Cool, let's do it. Seems like everything has been just delay, delay, delay while the releases of TV shows and the movies and what after side stories has definitely been one of those things. Why the Last Man has finally been released on <laughs> FX on Hulu and mm-hmm. it. I think only the first four episodes are out. I'd say it's not bad. I kind of like it. I think I like the comic book better. Oh, okay. I haven't seen any of it yet, so I'm interested in getting your take on it. So quick summary, if you guys don't know why The Last Man is, first off, watch or listen to our episode on it. It was a fun one, but quick summary, imagine if just all the men in the world died. The men with the Y chromosomes, men, males, just died in just like a matter of moments, right? Just from from sickness, uh, quick sickness, and all that was left in the world was all the women. And they uh, had to kind of reel from that and, and come back and build a society together. Uh, how would they react? How would the world be? Just imagine if half people were gone. How would society be? And it just happens they're all men, right? I love it. And I'm sold. A good good story, right? The it's a creative idea on having like this post apocalyptic type of thing we've seen here and there with a lot. Of, there's a lot of loss, but there's this uh, aspect of you know, sex involved of, of gender in the in the role and how do women react specifically to the situation? Um, and so it's interesting idea uh, especially back then when the comic book was made it's an interesting idea out of Vertigo Brian K. Vaughn one of my favorite writers he did this one uh, and the story is centered around this one character who happens to be the only male man alive Yorick Y that's what he stands for also Y chromosome but also his little pet monkey ampersand and so there's this, they're the last two males that seem to be existing so far in the world and we're following them into this uh, you know planet now that's struggling to keep their heads above water because they're like mourning all the, the dead men but also they don't imagine also like males like it said in the comic book a lot of males have a uh, majority of very important jobs in society right like they said like 90% of mechanics in the world were were male imagine they're gone <laughs> how does the world yep. figure it out and this the I felt like the comic book had a bit more humor than the TV show and mm. the TV show is still not super dark it's oh really it's kind of yeah it it is of course dark at points because they're mourning all the dead men and figuring it out it's kind of haywire because uh, they're trying to bring back society up one other big character is York's mom who is high up in governments. And so when everything goes to crap, she has a bigger role in society, right? In, in government. So she's played uh, by Diane Lane. I think she's probably the best actor on the show. Uh, and she's doing a yeah. good job as far as establishing how to get, to figure out how to um, like get society back on track. Um, Yorick, the actor is doing a j- good job in this role because I hate him. Okay. <laughs> and you're supposed to hate Yorick? I feel like if you read the comic book, he's kind of unlikable. He, uh, if you sure. remember, he, he's kind of whiny. He's kind of selfish uh, at points. So I hate, I really hate him. It, it sucks <laughs> because he's like the guy that's like re- representing men. But okay. it's like, okay, this is what we got. This is what we got left. This guy, it sucks. So it's kind of, there's, there's drama there. I like it. Um, this other character that I thought was super cool in the comics called Agent... 355 she's this like hardcore secret agent 
um, like from this really hidden organization inside the U.S. government, and she only really answers to like the president, right? Like the top level of mm-hmm. America. And right. in the comic book, she's super badass and will do anything, kill anybody to to get the job done, the mission done. And I felt like in the first couple episodes, like they missed it lately. For the the actor, like I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling the the hot coldness that I wanted from the character. And then something okay. happened. I was like, okay, I'm on board. I like this character now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one action is enough to to make me love the character and uh, totally trust that the, the uh, casting for that role. So for the feel of the show, it's like I want it to be a bit more like there's like humorous points at certain points with Yorick in the comic book, and I feel like it's not here in in the series. Uh, mm. I, it is serious. I mean, there's points where it gets really serious in the comic book, but uh, it's leading a little bit too much on like the political side because that's a big part with a mother, right? She's high up in government, uh, and she's like, it's like about Democrats versus Republicans at a certain point in the comic, and it's it's a little bit heavier in the series. I think. I think that's just because of the world we're living in. It's like a response. It's like using this comic book that's what twenty two decades old now, and it's like bringing up to modern times of today and I don't I don't want to see that in my escapism of comic book TV shows I guess <sighs> whatever but this, this series I don't know if I'll recommend it or if I'll even finish the season but I don't hate it I hate the main character but I don't hate the series but we waited so long to get this right <sighs> That's what I'm saying it's some aspects of it I love I love I hate the main character <laughs> <laughs> There's points that I, I remember in the comic book that I can, I'm seeing on screen and love to see that. Agent 355, cool character. Um, what is the... I, yeah. I know in the book, like, it's... The whole world is affected, right? What's the scale of the show? Does it seem large scale or does it feel smaller than, than the book? Because I know the book, it's like you're talking about stuff in other countries and, and things like that. That's a good point. I think maybe that's part of it too. I remember in the comic book, like, Israel was a big... Like other plot point we're following, a whole story we're following. And I think that's coming because they didn't mention it, but I haven't seen much of stuff over there yet. But they did mention that. Okay. So maybe it shows up. Right now, it's a lot of uh, shots of American cities. Um, you know, Washington, D.C. So that's a lot of what we're getting. I think uh, down the road, if it gets more wild, that's what I want because it's it's also like post-apocalyptic. So like people go crazy a bit. They go like mental and go do extreme things. I haven't got enough of that. It's kind of easy to compare this to Walking Dead, the TV show, right? At least season one was a good part of the Walking Dead. You have to admit that, right? Yeah, it's, it's probably the best season because by default, okay. <laughs> the other ones are not... My favorite, but yeah, is it similar to that? I'm comparing that to that a lot because of the bad situation they're in, right? Okay. So it's easy to compare to that, and I feel like Walking Dead was better. It had more cinematography. Um, There are some cool shots of like seeing how desolate the city is because... Uh, it feels so much emptier. That's fine and everything, but it's not drawing me in as much. Mm. I'll continue because I I like Brian K. Vaughn and I think he had some hand in the this TV series as far as producing and all that. So I want to see more. Um, what's her name? The other, the sister, Hero. Uh, she's a cool character too. If we follow her storyline, she's just, she's plays a character as like someone random in the mix that's just trying to make her way in this difficult world played by Olivia Thirlbury. So I like that actress. She was in Juno. She's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to check this out. And I thought it was going to be good, but it sounds like you didn't like it. <laughs> 
I just had high hopes, right? <laughs> because these this is like a, a comic book writer that I love. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's like, hmm, well, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Uh, that's what I got. Why the Last Man? Give it a try. It's not awful, but uh, what you got for side stories? <laughs> that's your recommendation. It's, it's not awful. Give it a try. It's not bad. It's not awful. <laughs> I have a, a show that I've been watching on Netflix that I, uh, I'll say I kind of love it. Oh wow, brand new thing. Yeah, and I it's one of those things I wish was not gonna get a lot of views because I want it to myself kind of show. <laughs> Oh, like like Stranger Things and me. Yeah. <laughs> and I I knew about the show and I was like, I'll check it out l- later. And then I saw it again in the Netflix top 10 list. And I was like, oh, no, now everyone's going to watch it before no, me. So no. I got to watch it now. It's like, dang it. I should have I should have jumped on board when I first saw it. So I could hold that above everybody that I saw it first. <laughs> you're, you're that type of person. You love being that guy. <laughs> The show is called Squid Game. Oh no! I, I this was on my radar too. I haven't watched it yet. So I, you got oh no! You got one. I got it over you. you. Got it me. Oh god! You haven't seen it yet. Oh my god! What are you doing? Gosh! Um, <laughs> it is part like Battle Royale, part Parasite, and okay, it's very good. It's very intriguing. If you haven't seen the trailer, I'd say definitely go check it out. At least watch the trailer. And that's what hooked me into watching the first episode. And honestly, once you watch an episode, I can't wait to watch the next one. It's that good? It's so well... The story is a mystery, right? And it's unraveling. And it's so well told and how it's unraveling. And and you're getting bits and pieces that... It just makes you want to keep watching. And uh, I don't know what it is about um, Korean cinema and, and shows. Yeah. Their, their storytelling is just so different and unpredictable. It's in a different like, language. Yeah, I don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm watching it with subtitles and dubbed, like both. Right. And I do that. I'm, I'm still very much enjoying it. Um, though, though it is dubbed, I think the acting is good. All right. Like the emotion I see on screen is is well acted. You feel it. Um, and yeah, just again, like if you've seen Parasite, you kind of just don't even know where that movie's going, right? Like it just, it, you're just in for the ride. And I feel that's same with this. Like I have a feeling with like Hollywood and American storytelling, most of the time it's very boilerplate, very, you could figure it out before it ends and you kind of know what's going on. With this, I don't know what's going to happen next and I don't know how it's going to end. And you expect the story to be something and it's not quite that and um yeah i because i because it is a mystery i don't want to reveal too much but the premise essentially is these people are put into this game and it's like battle royale it's like just survive and you'll win all right there's these like events it's definitely should be rated r if not like more gruesome like there's like bloody stuff in it but it's not just about the game it's about the characters and that's what i like about it and um there's a whole like mystery about what is controlling this game and what's really happening behind the scenes and even like the backstories of the characters in the game are very interesting so i uh you know what it's kind of like mtv's the challenge oh my god how how the actual challenge is not the point of the story and that's what uh, yeah it's clicking now that's why i like it so you much. just said it's so not american <laughs> and you said like the most american mtv the most american thing <laughs> Pregnant moms and all that. <laughs> Pregnant. Oh man, 
Teen Moms. Do you, do you have you seen the trailer? Do you know what I'm talking about? I yeah, actually, I started watching it like two minutes into it. I think there's a shot of there's like a metaphor of a squid game that kids play or whatever, right? I got that far. Yes. Okay. So you really don't know no. anything about it yet. No. It's very good. I've seen four or five episodes and honestly like i'm gonna watch maybe one or two later tonight too because wow. i want to finish it it is gosh i don't know like it's definitely one of those like the story is not the destination it's the journey kind of kind of thing and it's very good oh i wish i could roll my eyes on audio podcast jeez <laughs> Uh, and especially the fact that I am telling you that it's so good and you haven't seen it, I've seen it before you, it definitely makes it more interesting. I mean, the whole world knows about this already. How have you not watched it earlier? Like exactly. Face. How have you not watched this? It's so good. Like, what have you been doing? Okay, okay. I've been watching Why the Last Man. <laughs> so I didn't like that much. <laughs> So well, can, can I, you compare it to like yeah. other like battle royale type things? Does it feel like Hunger Games? Is it fantastical like that at some points, or is it? I yeah, it's definitely beyond reality. But oh. I don't want to say it is science fiction because there's nothing like supernatural oh. or anything about it. Like all this stuff could happen technically, but it's so like is it just out there? It's so out there. Like Ooh. the this is interesting me now. Yeah, because yeah. the characters are the people playing the game, but then there's also characters that are like controlling the game, and like there's a hierarchy within that. And right. That Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's almost like kind of like a snow piercer situation too where it's just like the behind the scenes of it is interesting of like what's really in control of what and it's very intriguing i i i don't want to reveal too much but like uh you get to care about characters um some characters you think maybe bad guys are not the real bad guys and and there's even stuff happening like they you, you could be like a couple of episodes in and they introduce new characters that you know are becoming more important to the show and uh, it's very good i hope the ending pays off because so far it's getting better and better so i i don't know how it's gonna end i it's very mysterious in that way Ooh. but uh yeah that's the only thing that could disappoint me is is a bad ending but so far like it's very good so you didn't mention like snowpiercer and parasite those are both made by bong jun ho who's a korean director yeah. and those movies have to deal with like the rich and the poor so i'm not putting words in your mouth but there's have to be something around those lines you know uh, yeah hunger games has to do with that for sure so the battle royale stuff maybe yeah center around that. the people in the game are they there's a money prize which is what's pushing them to do it's the it. challenge it's the challenge yeah, definitely yeah and then you could steal it from your partner uh, that's uh, the american part yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just as a side note i'm still watching the challenge it's still very good but this has gotten my attention now Ooh, okay i uh i i you have to watch it wow like i think it's that good like i'm not saying it's for everybody but you and people who maybe listen to the show should watch this i think it's uh, i think it's that kind of quality of a, of storytelling is this the first uh korean tv show you've watched no i've also watched um is, is terrace house korean is that korean? <laughs> no i think it's japanese right okay um I'm trying to think of other Korean stuff I've seen. I guess just the movies. I mean, I've seen like Parasite. Yeah. So I don't Who know. Who has it? Yeah. I watch a lot of uh, Tiger Belly, <laughs> which is Bobby Lee's podcast. <laughs> Korean. I watched Walking um, Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I eat a lot of Korean barbecue. Is that close? <laughs> 
Okay, okay. I, I'll give it a watch, Squid Game. I saw it was like number one on the top 10 on Netflix, so it surprised me. I was already browsing Netflix, saw that on there. All right, all right. You know what What upsets me, though, is with with Netflix, it's in the top 10 because it's in the top 10. Does that make sense to you? Like, You mean it's, it's not top 10 quality, but it's a top 10 viewed? No, it's just a, kind of like, uh, like how a song is popular because it's on the radio, and it's on the radio because it's popular. Does does that make sense? Yes, it's all part of the machine, and it's yeah. like the company, the organization, pick the one, so it's going up yeah, there. Yeah, yes, it's it's a top ten that people are watching because it's on that list of top ten that people are watching. Does that make sense? Like everyone's gonna watch what's on that list, and it's on that list because that's what everyone's watching. So it's kind of like not fair and they can kind of pick and choose what they want people to watch but uh in this point it it's deserving of okay that. sometimes they do they do deserve it so i mean it, usually number one deserves it at least someone's watching it. someone loves it i think um right and i think netflix has some type of deal with a lot of maybe korean production companies that make these movies yeah. because there's a whole lot there uh, you know people love k-dramas and there's a heavy amount of them which i i, I like to dabble in them every once in a while there's another korean show on netflix that i tried to watch but i didn't like so i don't think it's necessarily like always for me yes but uh vin 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 vincenzo i don't know what the title is but it's another korean drama that i told you to watch but i told you that i didn't like it (laughs) right i didn't even give it a chance uh they're like soap operas right k dramas so it's a different it sounds like squid game's a different animal yeah it's definitely (laughs) this is a it's almost horror in a way. Right. Like, and they love that too. Yeah. it's They're put into a situation where it's life or death. And for most, it's death. Sweet. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but again, it's not the point of the show. What's really good about it is like the character in it. Because honestly, like the, the situation doesn't even come up until like the very end of the first episode. Like the first episode is getting to know the characters. So like that's what I like about it. And it's similar to the MTV's The Challenge in that way. You're saying it's not the destination, it's the friends you make along the way. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. The characters. Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely say watch watch it. I'm I'm gonna try to finish it probably tonight. Like, wow. I think it was like four more episodes. I I might just binge it. Just so you don't get spoiled somewhere online. All right. I see it. Yeah, that too. And just to say that I finished it before you. Oh well, you know what? You haven't finished it. I can finish it before you now. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it at two times speed. Somehow I'm halfway done, and you're gonna finish before me. <laughs> I'm going to play it while we record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let me know next week if you finish it, because I think you will watch it pretty quickly. All right. I, I, yeah. I do that sometimes. All right. Um, yeah, that is it for me this week. Uh, Squid Game, very good. Check it out. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it for me. Why the Last Man? It's not awful. <laughs> it's not awful. All right, guys. If you haven't already, please do not forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast Simply search that in your podcast app. And if you can, uh, leave us a review. And the best place to do that is on our Apple podcast page. That way, um, the algorithms really uh, help us out in that side. Yes, on the algorithm side too. Also, search us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all the social medias. Search up at the Reader Copy Podcast. Like us, friend us. If you got friends, you know, find us there. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, we're getting close to the end of What If. So we're rounding that off. Um, I think there's like two 
two more episodes. We'll talk about the next one on Monday. Plus, um, as we do every October, starting next week, we are doing all horror comics for the next coming weeks throughout the spooky season of October. So um, if you're into horror comics, definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then on Wednesday. Daniel, you want to hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. All right. See you guys. Later. Play the 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 play